Hey there. Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. We're starting a brand new series and this series is entitled Dangerous Prayers and I'm excited about it because it's actually the first series since we've, um, since October of last year. So this is our first series and we're going to spend the next five weeks talking about what a dangerous prayer is. All right, now we're going to break that down in a few moments. But this theme of dangerous prayers actually comes out of a book by Craig Rochelle. And if you're maybe interested in going a little bit deeper on your own time, you can look it up through uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle's book. It's everywhere on Amazon, Audible, um, any, anywhere where books are sold. And you can read the book Dangerous Prayers by Pastor Craig Rochelle. And so um, we're going to be unpacking that. Now, I'm excited because today's message is not in the book. That means that we're hearing dangerous prayers a la Kuhau, a la Pastor Rowe. Does anybody know what I mean? Like, this is a unique message that is not found in the book that will be tailor-made for this church house. And I believe that God has given me this message for our church. And if you ha- brought a Bible with you, I want you to open it up to Luke chapter 17, verse 3 and 5. We're going to keep it very simple and short today. Luke chapter 17, verses 3 and 5. And it says, So watch yourselves. Look at the person next to you. Tell her, be careful. It says, so watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Now, hold it down real quick because I know some of you guys read that word rebuke and you're like, you see, I knew cussing somebody out was biblical. All right? That's not what that's saying. All right? It says, watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. In other words, let them know, correct them. Let them know that wrong was done. And if that person repents, in other words, if that person turns away from their wrong action, forgive them. Verse 4, it says, if that person wrongs you seven times a day, and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. Now, This is an amazing text on forgiveness, and we can preach on forgiveness based upon Luke chapter 17. But my message to us today is not about forgiveness, but it's about the request of the disciples. Now look what verse 5 says. The apostles said to the Lord, Lord, show us how to increase our faith. Exactly. Like, I love that because if you look at the apostles, what happens? The the apostles are hearing Jesus say, hey, if someone sins against you, if someone does you wrong seven times in one day, you got to forgive them. And their response is, Lord, um, (laughs) hold on a second, Jesus. I got a badge of Peter just twiddling his hair like, I don't know, Jesus. I don't know. Lord, show me how to increase my my faith. In other words, the faith that is required to forgive the people that you're calling me to forgive, I do not possess. Lord, help me increase my faith. 
Part one of our message series is this prayer. Lord, show me how to increase my faith. Can we say that together? Repeat after me. Say, Lord. Half the room. Let's try that again. Maybe who's watching online, if you're watching me online. Say, Lord, show me how to increase my faith. Come on, one more time. Lord, show me how to increase my faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you, Lord God, that we have these moments to share with, with you, Lord God. We pray that you speak to us in a powerful way, Lord. We pray that your spirit is the one that is sharing this word, Lord. Less of me, more of you, until there's none of me in all of you, that I may decrease, that you may increase, that your love and strength be perfected in my weakness. In your name we pray. And God's people say, in this house, and God's people say, in this house, I'm going to keep pulling from y'all. And God's people say, in this house, amen and amen. All right. Now, have you guys ever heard of a great worship song that just, I mean, it just expressed every single sentiment that you've ever had towards God? You know what I'm talking about? Like, have you heard some of these worships? Like, I love a good worship song. There's something about these worship songs that I hear that I'm like, oh, my God, they are able to put into words everything I feel in my heart towards God. Like, if you, like, like you are my champion. Woo! That's an awesome worship song. You are my champion. Look at this, look at this. Giants fall where you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won. I am who you... Oh my God, do you hear those lyrics? Those are some powerful lyrics. Did you hear that? What about Carrie Job? Carrie Job has, has a good one with elevation and it's, it's the blessing. May his favor be upon you. And a thousand generations, and your family, and your true. I'm like, yes, yes, let your favor come. But have you ever heard of these other worship songs? Some of these worship songs are dangerous. <laughs> Yvette and I talk about this all the time. Like, we're like, have you have you read the lyrics? To uh, Exhibit A, can I give you Exhibit A? Have you read the lyrics, The Refiner? We talk about this all the time. Like, have you, can I, Exhibit A, can we put that up on the screen? L listen to it. I want to be tried by the fire. Purify. Watch this. You take whatever you desire. Here we go. Stomaki. Lord, here's my life. I don't know. The caricature of God in my head looks like looks down on us and says, um, are you sure? <laughs> you you want to be tried by my fire? You want to be purified? You want me to take anything that I desire from your life? I think God will be like, are you sure? Do you know what you're worshiping right now? Do you know what you ask? And I could just see us, right? Like, I want to be tried by the fire. We go, we go home. <laughs> like, no, Lord, that was just at church. That was just, 
That was just at church, Lord. I want you to try me by the fire, but at church on Sunday, not on a Monday. Like, have you heard this song, Exhibit A, Exhibit B, right here? Uh, available by Elevation. Do we have that? Narrow as the road may seem. No, you don't got to put the background. Narrows as the road may seem. I'll follow you where your spirit leads. You know what that means? Like I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, as narrow as the road may seem. In other words, the road might get so narrow that I might have to follow you alone when everybody else is going the different direction. And I'm over here. Narrow as the road may I got swept up in the lyrics. And he goes, I hear you call. I am available. At 5 a.m., I hear you call. I am available. At 6 a.m., I hear you call. I am available. What? I'm on my way to work and you want me to stop and help this person? I am available. No, Lord, that's just at church. Man, some of these worship songs are dangerous. Like, I, I'm, honestly, I think like God sometimes looks down and be like, are you sure you want, you, you sure you're available? Because if you're telling me, you're like, are you sure? It's, that's, not a safe, that's not a safe worship song. It reminds me of when Lisa would be like, Lisa would be like, she'd be looking at me sometimes and she'd be like, what's going on in that head of yours? Like, what's going on in that brain? And I'm like, and she goes, you know, I just wish that I can live in your brain for 24 hours. And I look at her and I'm like, girl, you don't know what you're asking for. Yeah, I just, want, I just want to live in your brain for 24 hours. Like, girl, it's not safe in there. It's risky in there. It's very dangerous in there. As a matter of fact, I'll give you 30 minutes and you'll be like, let me out. Let me out. It's not safe in there. I think in the same way worship is intertwined with prayer, in the same way that we can pray, in the same way that we can worship some of these dangerous songs, let me tell you, there are some prayers that are dangerous. There are some prayers that are dangerous. And I, you might be thinking this. You might be, Pastor Ro, it is the new year. I'm not ready for anything dangerous. Pastor Ro, we just escaped 2020. But I'm not, I, I didn't come here for a new year's service to talk about something dangerous. But here's what I believe that God wants for our church and for our community and for our lives as individuals. I think that God wants for us to step into the risky and the edgy side of his grace and ask for God, not just for the simple and the safe, but ask for God for something that goes beyond us, something that will, not something that is life-threatening. It's dangerous in the sense that it's life altering see it's not dangerous in the sense that it will bring you an injury but it's dangerous in the sense that it will shift your identity it's not dangerous in the sense that it's going to bring forth crisis but it's dangerous in the sense that you will get a greater revelation of who Christ is it's a dangerous it's a dangerous prayer and I believe that that's what God is calling for our church, I mean, there's nothing safe about 
safe prayers. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with safe prayers. There's nothing wrong with, Lord, help me prayers. There's nothing wrong with, Lord, I need you to provide. Lord, I need your help right now. Lord, help me. Lord, bless me. Lord, keep me protected. Lord, I need a parking spot right now. Lord, I bless this food, make a nursing to our bodies. There's nothing wrong with those prayers. But I just think that that's not the fullness of what God wants for your prayer life. I just think that God just, just doesn't want the safe, the regular, and the comfortable. I think that for 2020, that what God wants is for us to step on the risky edge of God's grace and ask for something that is beyond safe, something that is beyond comfortable, something that is beyond easy. And I think that God is saying, hey, hey, go out on the edge and ask me for something that goes beyond what you could ever dream of. When God is telling Kuhau today that to step out and ask for a dangerous prayer, He's saying, hey, you can believe that the impossible is possible. That you can believe that all the promises that I have for you are yes and amen. That even in 2021, we can believe that the best is yet to come. Does anybody believe that in this house? Come on. I know in this season, it's like, why even bother praying? What it is, is what it is. What's going to happen is, is what's going to happen. Sometimes we have lost belief. We have lost faith in some way, shape, or form. It's like, what? Why even bother? And this is where I want to bring part two of this message series. Because the disciples are brought to the, they're brought to the limit of what they can do. See, in this text that we jump into today, the prayer that we're going to pray is, show me how to increase my faith. Have you ever felt push to the limit? Have you ever felt push to the limit of your spirituality? Have you ever felt pushed to the limit of your relationships? You've been pushed to the wall relationally. You've been pushed to the wall spiritually. You've been pushed to the wall. If you have not, then you are hibernating all of 2020. Because if 2020 has done something, it has pushed humanity to its capacity. And I hope that if 2020 has indeed done something, it has done, it has pushed us to our limits so that we can begin tapping into our relationship with God. See, the disciples here, it's the perfect example where the followers of Jesus are somewhat pressed to the wall. They're pushed to the limit of what their own self-perceived capacity is. In Luke chapter 17, verse 3 and 5, I love this text. It says, so watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then there's a repentance, forgive. And that's fine. They're good there. All right. Someone does something, something wrong, I'll forget it. He says, but even if that person wrongs you seven times a day. Now, I know when I say that you have somebody in mind, but don't look at them if they're in the room right now. He says, the apostle said to them, Lord, show us how to increase our faith. Another translation says it this way. It says, Lord, please increase my faith. Now, this is powerful. Here's why. The reason that this prayer is dangerous 
the, the reason that this prayer is dangerous is because it comes as a response of the realization that God is calling you to do something that is beyond your own capacity to achieve. Whew. See, this prayer is not an initiating prayer. This is not you initiating an interaction with God and asking God for a dangerous prayer. The reason that this prayer is dangerous is because this prayer is simply a response to what God is calling you to do that pushes you to the limit of your capacity. And so when God gives you something and God calls you to do something, it's a reflection of you taking inventory of yourself and then, God, and then you say, God, it doesn't seem like I can do this in my own capacity. God, it doesn't seem like I can produce what you've called me to produce on my own. In other words, I don't got the forgiveness that it requires for me to forgive people the amount of times that you've called me to forgive people. God, I don't got the amount of patience that it takes. Lord, show me how to increase my faith. In other words, God, I need you to intervene right now. Now, this is, this is why it's dangerous, because this is not a bail you out prayer. Now, I love bail you out prayers. Lord! I need you to come right now and rescue me out of this mess. I love those prayers. But this prayer is dangerous because what it's saying is saying, Lord, I need you to come into my life and do a work in me that will allow me to conquer the obstacle that's before me. See, the reason that this is a dangerous prayer is because it's inviting God to do a work in your life so that you can overcome the obstacles that, he's, that are in front of you based upon what he's called you to do. And so sometimes we look at our life and we're saying, God, I don't got the patience that it takes. I don't got the equipment that it takes. I don't got the skill set that it takes. I don't have what it takes to love people. You're telling me to love people, God? People are my problem. Lord, you're telling me to forgive people when they wrong me seven times? I can't do that. Lord, you're calling me to reach the lost and preach his word? I don't even know how to do that, God. And God says, that's right. I'm waiting for you to pray the right prayer. Lord, increase my faith. See, and then sometimes we might pray this prayer the wrong way. Because oftentimes what happens is that God's children begin to pray looking at their inadequacy, thinking they need more of something, when God is saying, you have everything that it takes to do what I've called you to do. See, oftentimes we look at this prayer and we say, we say God, I don't have enough. I don't have enough faith to forgive, so I need you to give me more faith. I don't have enough faith to love, so give me more faith. And sometimes we begin disqualifying ourselves from all that God has for us because we don't feel like we have enough measure of faith. God, I don't have, and so what happens? We live with sickness. We live with anxiety. Why? Because I don't have, I don't have the amount of faith that it takes to live a life that is free from anxiety. I don't have enough faith that it takes to see all that God has for me. I don't have enough faith that it takes to overcome this illness. I don't have enough faith. And so what happens is, is that we begin to disqualify ourselves from the promises of God because we take inventory and we just say, hey, I don't have enough faith. And so we start praying prayers. Lord, give me more faith. 
Lord, increase my faith. But what you need to understand is that when Jesus says, Jesus' response to the disciples when they say increase my faith, faith is telling of the kind of faith that Jesus is talking about. So when he says, when the disciples look at him and they say, hey, increase my faith, look what Jesus' response is. It says, show us how to increase our faith. And the Lord answered, if your faith, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Wait. Lord, I need more faith. I need you to increase my faith. Now, lean in. Are you, is everybody with me? I need more faith, Lord. And God says, no. If you had faith the size as small as a mustard seed, you, you'd be good. What is Jesus saying? See, he's saying the problem with your faith is not the amount. The problem with your faith is its quality. I'm going to go preach over here. I think they missed it. I, he said the problem with your faith is not the amount. The problem with your faith is the quality that you possess. He said, no, no, you, you, you're asking for more faith, but you could have more of a faith that is positioned and is for something and not realize that you could have more faith for the wrong thing. You could have more faith in the wrong thing. And it doesn't matter the amount of faith you have. What matters is the quality of faith you have. And so when we say, Lord, increase my faith, what we are saying is when we're praying for God to increase our faith, we're not praying for the amount of our faith to increase, but rather, rather the quality of our faith to increase. It's saying, God, I want you to increase the quality of my faith. Now, anybody like hot sauce here? Anybody like hot sauce? Hot sauce? Hot sauce? Nobody likes hot sauce. We got alawa. We got somebody like a little bit of hot sauce, man. I, I like hot sauce. Now, I looked up what, what's the what's the hottest hot sauce? Now, according to many websites and bloggers and the people on the internet, the hottest hot sauce is Mad Dog Three Fifty Seven, Number Nine, Plutonium. Try to say that three times fast. This is the, the world's hottest sauce, according to Parade.com. This is a sauce that one drop of this hot sauce, they say it tastes like Dante's Inferno. In other words, it will hurt you. It would, it would bring flames to your soul. And so there's actual warning signs to this hot sauce. There's some of y'all looking at this hot sauce. You're like, I'm going to test this hot sauce, okay? Vamos Now, watch this. Look at the analogy. They say one drop it's, it is all it takes to bring heat to copious amounts of food. When you're dealing with a lesser grade of hot sauce, I wish I had a... When you're dealing with a lesser grade of hot sauce, you need more amount of the hot sauce to do the same kind of work 
that only a drop of this hot sauce can do. See, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, hey, you're, you're too focused on a, on a greater amount of faith because the quality of your faith is a lesser grade than the faith that I can give you. And what he's saying is that all you need is a speck of, a, of, of great faith. All you need is a, a speck, a, a mustard seed kind of faith. With the, In other words, he's saying it's not the portion, it's the potency. It's not the portion of your faith, it's the potency of your faith. And if you have faith with potency, the size of... The size of a mustard seed. You can look at a mulberry tree and you can say, get up. I don't know about you, but going into 2021, I want that kind of faith. I want the kind of faith that says, hey, I can overcome every obstacle. I, I want the kind of faith that says, Lord, I want this faith to be geared and directed towards you so that I can tell that mulberry tree, you can get up and you can get moving. It's not the, Jesus says it's, it's not the, it's not the size, it's the state of your quality. It's not the portion of your faith, it's the potency. And it's no wonder so many times we think doing more will bring more. Because us doing <laughs> Us doing what God has even called us to do in our own power requires more of our work because our work is less potent than us relying on the work of Christ. And so I need more hot sauce. I need more hot sauce because if I get more hot sauce, I can do more. And Jesus is saying, no, you don't need to get more of the hot sauce that you possess. You need to learn how to change your hot sauce to a more potent hot sauce. Do you know in the Bible there's, there's times where Jesus says things like, ye of little faith. See, when you understand it from the perspective that he's not talking about size, but he's talking about quality, you understand that really, very clearly. See, Jesus will say things like, your faith has healed you. Your faith has set you free. He's not talking about size. He's talking about quality. When he says things like, um, your faith has made you whole. The apostles will say things, hey, we go from faith to faith. What is he, what, what is he saying? He says, you're not increasing size, you're increasing in quality. But then there's these times where Jesus, in the Bible, he says, you have great faith. What? Who in the world got that star? Like there's somebody in the Bible that got the great faith stamp? Do you know that only two times in all of scripture do we find that Jesus looks at somebody and says, you have great faith. In the entire Bible. You would only see it appear two times in the Bible. And it's by two completely different people. One of them is found in Matthew. And I want to read it to us right now. In Matthew, it's a Roman centurion and look what Matthew chapter 8 says it says and when Jesus had entered Capernaum 
a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now I want you to pay attention here. I want you to catch this. Lean in. The centurion answered, uh, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you, you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having, a so, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to the other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does. And when Jesus heard, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in, in Israel. See, in that first glance, I'm reading this, and I'm saying, oh, okay, I get it. The reason that... The reason that that's happening is because this man knows authority. And so because he knows his authority, then this is why he has great faith. Because he knows authority and he's able to demonstrate that before Jesus and say, hey, listen, I got a man. I got people that I know and, and, and people that serve under me. And when I tell them go, they go. When I tell them come, they come. I, I know what it is to have authority. Except for the second time you see Jesus tell someone that they have great faith is a person that has no authority. And so when you go into Matthew chapter 15 now, can I teach y'all for a little bit? Is that all right? Can I teach real, real quick? All right. It says, Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman, okay, so this is not a soldier. This is not a man. This is a Canaanite woman from the region, from that region and came out and began to cry out saying, have mercy on me, Lord. Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he did not answer her with even a word. And his disciples came up and urged him, asking, send her away. Because he keeps shouting at us. <laughs> I love the arrogance of the disciples. She's begging for Jesus. They're like, please send her away. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. Yet he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Someone say, ouch. Now, I could break that down in the text in the original language. He's talking about puppy, and there was terms that were familiar during that time. And look what her response is. And Jesus said, oh, she says, yes, Lord. In other words, yeah, that's true. Please help. For even the dogs feed on the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Whew. Look at Jesus' response. Then Jesus said to her, oh, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done as you, as you desire. And her daughter was healed at once. The only two times you find where Jesus says to someone that has great faith is between two totally different people with two totally different scenarios. What did they have in common? Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he saw as great faith. You ready? They were both Gentiles. 
which means this, that none of them understood what it meant to be under the law. See, in ancient Jewish culture, if you were under the law and you were sick, you did not have great expectation for God to perform the miraculous in your life. Why? Because you knew that if you were sick, you were getting what you deserved. And so in ancient Jewish thought, under the law, there was no great expectation for God to move in the miraculous and in the impossible. Why? Because according to the law, I'm not good enough. You know who didn't have that frame of mind? Gentiles. And so the centurions had the centurion has great expectation. The Canaanite woman has great expectation. And I say that they peeked into the future. Why? Because look what they did. They said, Lord, you don't need to be physically present for the manifestation of your will to happen. Look what, look what, look what the centurion says. He says, hey, hey, listen, I know authority. I got it. You're not worthy to come in my house. You don't even have to go there. You can do it from here. You don't have to be physically present for the miraculous to happen. Jesus says, oh, my God. He says, O-M, me. He says, I've never seen faith like that in all of Israel. Why? Because all of Israel is, is already conditioned that their faith is, can only be equal to their performance. And so their faith, the reason that the quality of their faith is low is because the quality of their faith is connected to the wrong thing. If you want the quality of your faith to increase, you need to connect your faith to the right source. If you're taking notes, write that down today. If you want the quality of your faith to increase, can we put that up on the screen? You need to connect it to the right source. Now, let, let me illustrate this as the worship team comes up. I'm, I want to break this down to us. See, an ancient Jewish person understood that their relationship with God was based upon their ability to follow the law. It's also known as the Torah or the 613 laws of, of God. Now the mindset there was, I expect based upon my performance. And so if you do good, you get good. But if you do bad, you get bad. And so this was year after year, centuries after centuries, Jesus steps into the scene and he seems to now encounter a person who is no longer under the, uh, no longer under the Jewish law. And so her great expectation was, hey, I don't deserve this, but it doesn't matter because it's not based upon what I deserve. It's based upon how good you are. Because even if I am a dog, the dogs still eat from the master's, the crumbs of the master's table. In other words, what's on the table still falls and it's still the same thing that's on the table is the same thing that falls in the crumbs. And as long as it, I'm eating from the crumbs, it means that I'm in the house. And it doesn't matter whether I'm good or bad. What matters is that you are good, you are faithful, you continue to be the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 
wasn't the amount of faith you had. Hear me, Christ uncensored. What if we had it wrong? That, can I borrow you guys for a second? Emily, can you stand right here real quick? Right here, right here, right here. Emily is performance. Someone say my performance. She represents my performance. This is me. This is my faith. Now, I just want to show y'all something. This is 12 feet of rope. And many of us are like, God, I don't have enough rope. I need more faith. I need more faith. Can I put this on you? Woo! You fine, worship leader. Can I talk to your pastor about We've lived most of our life like this. My faith is connected to my performance. My faith is connected to my capability. Do you see why the disciples were like, no, I, I can't. I can't. Based upon my performance, I can't do what you're calling me to do. I can't forgive on my own merit. I, can't, I don't have what it takes to do that. Why? Because they were only seeing the faith that they had. And the faith that they had was connected to the wrong source. See, their faith is connected to their performance. I don't know about you, but I've lived year after year at times just God's relationship with me my faith lord in order for me to do what you've called me to do i i i have to have what it takes and i don't you mean to that's why we say things like jesus oh that's jesus that's not me but jesus says no you can do everything that i've done why as long as your faith is connected to the right source but oftentimes, now this is Jesus. Hi, Jesus. This is the performance of Jesus. Can we say high performance of Jesus? Thank you, Angie. Anybody else want to try? This is Jesus' performance. This is my performance. And this is why the Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. See, oftentimes we let Jesus just be the beginner and the author of our faith, but we never allow him to do the work. And so it's like, God, thank you for saving me. I'll take care of it from here. And God is saying, no, your faith is not on your performance. In the same way you received my salvation through grace, it's the same way you're going to receive everything that I've called you to do, everything that I've promised you, everything that I've prophesied over your life. The same way. It's not because you're good. It's because I'm good. See, this is what Jesus said was great faith. It was a faith that was connected to the right source. 
let me tell you, if we're going to move into 2020 still operating under a faith, I don't know about you, but I've done it, right? Like when I pray, you ever prayed so hard and you be like, whew, my faith is strong. You just feel like you can't even take a shower because you jump in the shower and the water splits. That's how holy you are. Because your faith is connected to your performance. And so when, you, when you're praying, when you're fasting, or you open the door for somebody, whoo, you fed the poor, whoo, God must be proud of me today. God must be honoring me today. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm so glad that I, I made you proud. And God is saying, whether you do good or bad, I don't see what you do. I see what my son has done. And so our prayer is not, Lord, please. See, because this is what happened. The Bible says that even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful. That even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful. That even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful. See, the centurion said, hey, I'm not worthy. I know I've been unfaithful. I don't even pray to the God that you claim you are. I pray to, I pray to idols. And, and he says, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Why? Because he knew that he needed to connect his faith to the grace of God. Can I tell you, in this moment of a global pandemic, what's going to keep you safe, we can follow the protocols. We can follow the guidelines. But my faith is not in the protocols. My faith is not in the guidelines. My faith is in Christ Jesus that he will protect me, that a thousand may fall to my right and 10,000 to my left, but none would harm me, that any weapon that's formed against me will not prosper. My faith is in the author and the finisher of my faith. You want to know what great faith is? Great faith is a faith where Jesus does the work from start to finish. For he says, I was the, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. In other words, you could not produce the faith on your own. In churchianity, you know what we hear? We hear faith as a work. Oh, you have to have enough faith. You have to be, your faith has to be strong. No, your faith has to be connected to the right source. And the kind of faith that I want is the one that the author and the finisher is Jesus. Because for too many years, I've spent with a lot of faith connected to the wrong thing. But Jesus says, I am the author. In other words... <laughs> I came, your faith would have never been able to reach me, but I came and I became like you and not only died for you, I died as you. I didn't just die for your sins, I died as your sins so that I can live in you and you can live in me and now I am the author but I go back to my daddy and I am the finisher of the faith 
I am the author and I am the finisher of your faith. And you're over here saying, Lord, I need to hold on to you. Hold on to you. God is saying, no, I, you are in me. And when you are in, in me, I am the author and I am the finisher of your faith. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, from start to finish, I do it all. then how do I increase my faith? You connect it to the right source. Last verse, look what it says. And we're done here. So faith comes. Faith comes. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the good news of Christ. It's hearing the good news is the gospel in Greek, as you are in Helion. It's the greatest news on the planet. It's that Jesus Christ died for our sins, became like us so that we can become like him and have life in eternal. So my faith is predicated on me hearing what God has done for me. You want to know how you're going to be set free from that porn addiction? You want to know how you're going to be set free from your anger issue? You want to know how you're going to be set free from self-righteousness? It's not by focusing on being humble. It's not about focusing on getting rid of pride. It's not on focusing to see how pure you can be. There's something about the blood of Jesus and that being reminded and by that being remembered and rehearsed and recanted over and over and over again that begins to push your addiction of porn away. That begins to push your anger issues away. That begins to reject all the self-righteousness that you have in you. There's something about hearing the good news of Jesus that it is by the Spirit of God that we are transformed and are made new. Hear me cool out. It's not going to be about your earnest devotion. Your faith comes in the quality that it needs to be not connected to your performance connected to his performance expect good in 2020 expect blessings in 2020 expect expect all that God has for you in 2020 not why not because you've done enough not because you are enough not because you possess enough but because he is enough because he's done enough and because he possesses everything uh, cattle on a thousand hears, uh, uh, hills I wonder what it would look like if you walked into 2021 proclaiming the promises of Jesus that are yes and amen in Christ could we get up on our feet and bow our heads? This is a dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous prayer because it's asking God to do a work in us that is beyond what we can do in our own strength and power. Lord, show me how to increase the quality of my faith. If you're here today and that resonates in your heart and your soul, if you're watching online, 
I want to tell you all over the internet, for those of that are watching us, I mean, we got family that's watching us in Florida. We got family that's watching us in Puerto Rico. I mean, we have an online family. Could we just give them a round of applause? We want to thank you for watching all over. John Tenner, Melina, and, 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 and Jenny are watching online right now. We want to thank everybody that's watching in online. We're so grateful. If you thought your 2021 was going to be about your earnest devotion and your dedication, I want to tell you today that it's based upon the performance of Jesus. That is the quality of faith that it says you have the size of a mustard seed. You can look at that mountain and say it's moved. If that's you today, I want you to lift up your hand wherever you are. If you say, Pastor Roe, can you just pray for me? I'm going to pray. And I just, if you raise your hand, you're saying, Pastor Roe, can you just include me in that prayer? And if you want to be included in this prayer, all over this room, online, if you're watching, at the count of three, just lift up your hands. One, two, three. Lift up your hands all over this room. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, that you're increasing the quality of our faith right now. You're increasing the quality. You can put your hand right back down. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for every single person that's represented in this room and online watching our Kuha online family. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you may increase the quality of our faith. That we can change what our faith is connected to and connect it now to the right source. That it's not based upon our performance, it's based on your performance. That we want to have the kind of faith that you said was great faith. A faith with great expectation. Not a faith that says, I get what I deserve. And Lord, I want to pray for those also, Lord God, that want to place their faith in you today they want to receive you as their Lord and their Savior your word says that anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved your word says that if we confess our sins you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins so for anybody who for the first time wants to make that declaration we want to say this prayer if that's you in this room, you can repeat after me. Matter of fact, all of us will join you together. Say, dear Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for making me new. I give you my life. In your name we pray. Amen. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.